The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planets are spinning through space. Smile upon your face. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to a new season on Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. Really glad to have you with me today. I want to thank each of you for listening uh, to this show. Um, I should also mention that I'm also the in addition to the host of this show, I'm also the editor of Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. It's a weekly and monthly publication, and we do provide uh, recommendations, uh, concrete uh, stock recommendations and other uh, strategies for navigating your way through which what we think are some of the toughest markets that we've seen in many, many uh, decades. Uh, we are having a good year this year. We're up 54% uh, or thereabouts. The last I looked before I traveled to... Portugal, where I'm talking to you now from my mother-in-law's home in beautiful Cascais, Portugal. Um, we, we're doing very well. I'll be talking more about my strategies and what my thoughts are on the market in the last segment of this show. I do have some real concerns, as you know. We've been talking about uh, the possibility of this wave up being nothing more than a major bear market trap and one that we need to be very, very aware of. Uh, I'm going to have Chen Lin with me in the last seg- segment of this show today as well. Roger Wiegand is traveling. He's going to the Silver Summit and is not available, but Chen will be with us. Our special guest this week is Dr. Robert McHugh, who was on our show back in, I believe it was April or so of this year, 
And Dr. McHugh will reflect um, a lot of my concerns. In fact, a lot of my concerns have been derived from Dr. McHugh's work. I think he's a very sound analyst, a very thorough analyst, uh, and a person that I, I pay a lot of attention to. He writes a lot on, on a daily basis that's so very, very helpful to me. And I do pass along uh, his words of wisdom to you and to my newsletter, uh, to my subscribers in my newsletter on a regular basis. Um, before I forget, I do want to thank our new corporate sponsors for this new season. Uh, we have a number of new new companies that have come on to support this show. We want to really thank them for that because without their support, it would not be financially possible for us to bring you this show. The sponsors for this new season are Apollo Gold, Bonterra Resources, Hawthorne Gold, Metanor Resources, Pediment Gold, Palangio Exploration, and Sand Gold. And, you know, we do have corporate sponsors here. As I say, they make it financially possible. But this isn't exactly like we were selling toothpaste or something else that's totally unrelated to what we're, what this show is about. Um, as, as you're well aware, those of you who listen to this show, I believe that gold is an essential part of, of investing uh, in this particular point in time. And each of those companies that I just named are in the gold mining business, either uh, already producing gold or in the process of exploring for gold and developing viable gold mining projects. So because gold and gold mining is such an integral part of my investment philosophy, I'm really very pleased to have the CEOs of each of my corporate sponsors uh, with you during this next 13 weeks in this uh, fall season. Next week we will have the CEO of Apollo Gold, which definitely is one of my favorite gold stocks at this point in time, a new producer in Ontario. It is also one of Chen Lin's favorites, uh, and maybe we'll get Chen to say a word or two about Apollo Gold in the last segment of this show. All of our sponsors, as I say, are involved um, in the gold mining industry, and all of the companies that are named, with one exception, are current recommendations in my newsletter. The one company that is not is Bonterra Resources, that's not to say they won't be or that they're not deserving to be. They just have not yet um, been selected as uh, as a buy recommendation in my newsletter. Um, there are many different factors that go into determining whether or not a company is in uh, is a buy recommendation for my letter. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with the uh, with the upside potential of the company, but whether or not there's room to include it. Uh, there's only a certain number of companies that I can cover at any one point in time and. Bonterra, certainly, as I start to look at it, is it is on my watch list. And as I start to look at it, realize that it does have a lot going for it, and we will learn more as we talk to their CEO in the coming weeks on this show. Well, as I mentioned, I am talking to you from Cascais, Portugal. It is a lovely country. Um, I would recommend any of you to have a chance to come and visit this wonderful place. Uh, it's a Mediterranean climate where I'm at, and it's just a really, really good time. Um, and a good country to, to live in and visit. Um, you might have recognized a, theme, a new theme song this week, The Secret of Life by James Taylor. Uh, a little bit more upbeat than our 16 Tons, uh, Another Day Older and Deeper in Debt song that was our theme song before. Uh, really, this show is about turning hard times into good times. We recognize that we have some of the most difficult times that we've had in a long time in front of us here. And so what we're trying to do uh, is provide some hope for the future, not just uh, the gloom and doom, but some hope. But we also believe that hope is based on truth and a recognition of reality. 
and that is the cornerstone of our show, is that we want to recognize the underlying realities of what, of what is going on uh, in the economy, why we're having the problems we're having, so that we can prepare ourselves financially and also uh, do our small part at least to influence policy, if that's possible, going forward. So I think some of the key things that, uh, in my view, is that if we rely on human wisdom, we're going to fall short. Um, you know, there's, I think, two worldviews that are very important to, um, to recognize. One is that, uh, that we have evolved uh, and that we are evolving into something better uh, and that we don't really need uh, to pay any attention to a god or a creator outside of time and space. Uh, that we are just getting better, and the problem that I have with that is we look at people like Bush and Clinton and Obama and Bernanke and Greenspan, Mao Zedong, Hitler, Pol Pot, Stalin, Mussolini, and many, many others too numerous to mention. I'm not sure where people get the notion that things are getting better. Um, I have a little problem with that. Uh, don't know how you feel about it, but I would invite you um, going to actually uh, interject some of these uh, some of these topics outside of the financial realm. Uh, in the next 13 weeks, we're going to have a Dr. Hugh Ross, who is an astronomer, uh, who believes that life began with the Big Bang, and uh, he's an old Earth creationist. Um, and we're going to have another uh, a medical doctor, a futurist, who believes that life as it currently exists, uh, that human life is not likely to survive beyond 100 years or so, except for possible divine intervention. Well, is there room in a financial show for discussions of, of things uh, spiritual, uh, things uh, having to do with divinity or with God? Um, I would like your opinion on that. And it, either way, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to tell me, no, Taylor, keep it real, keep it on the financial realm. My view is that we can't divorce those those issues from the way we behave towards one another and the way people behave in markets. And if we look at what's been going on, in the United States in the last uh, couple of decades or so, and we see the declining morality in our markets, the way people have treated one another, something's missing in my view. Uh, but if you don't agree, I'd like to hear from you. And I'm going to start a blog very shortly. It's going to be um, it's at jtaylormedia.com, jtaylormedia.com. I'm going to be on that blog for one hour each week. I haven't decided yet what time I'm going to be on, but I would invite your views. You can go on that show and tell us what you think um, about whatever we talk about on this show, and more controversial the better. We only ask you to keep it civil, uh, you know, keep it kind, uh, keep it real, but don't, um, you know, don't, don't use foul language, uh, but be polite to one another, express your views. Uh, we're going to have some very, very interesting views uh, after the commercial break here with Dr. Robert McHugh, who believes that we could be heading for what he calls a cataclysmic nation-changing event. And he's talking about a decline in the equity market, the sea wave down, uh, that he thinks is very possibly going to happen in the very new future. So we're going to be right back with you after the station break. Uh, don't go away. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. One 
to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Berry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love ride. I'll be sliding down. I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Our special guest this week is Dr. Robert McHugh, who is with us back in April, or sometime this spring. I'm not sure of the exact date uh, right now, but... Uh, that was right, in any event, it was right after the equity markets really tanked and sort of hit bottom and stopped their fall about that time, as I recall. Uh, Dr. McHugh, welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Thanks, Jay. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. I know you are an extremely busy guy these days, and I know that because I see the volumes of work you put out. I 
I read your uh, your missives every day, and um, you know, they're brilliant. They are extensive, and I don't know where you get the time to do all your work. <laughs> well, I work hard. I uh, am blessed with a good energy level right now. You're blessed with a good energy level, and no doubt an understanding uh, wife as well. Yeah, she's great. I got to tell you, she makes it all happen. <laughs> it can it can uh, certainly be the uh, the blessing of us of us guys. Uh, that's for sure. If we have good wives, and I can attest to that. Personally, as well. Uh, last time we talked to you, you suggested we may be on the verge, uh, perhaps later this year, of a major decline in the equity markets. In fact, you talked about the sea wave down that, um, as a cataclysmic nation-changing event. At one point, I know you you mentioned to correct the bull market that began in 1718. Well, do you still feel that we we have that that the, the, there's that kind of downside potential in this equity market? Yes, that potential still exists. Um, there are some serious patterns that have uh, actually developed since we spoke back in the spring, uh, head and shoulders tops in major uh, indices throughout the world, including the U.S. industrials market, um, the FTSE, um, the Nikkei, uh, the DAX, uh, the uh, U.S. Uh, R- Russell 2000 index, um, they ha- show a potential. It's not a guarantee yet, but they show the potential for stocks to drop very close to zero. Mm. Uh, should we see uh, prices drop, I would say, about 30% from here, that will confirm the patterns, and then uh, there would be another uh, conti- continuation of the loss of, uh, in the case of the industrials, five or 6,000 points below uh, 6,000. Um, so below their March lows? I'm sorry? The, the March lows, they would go below, far below their March lows then, obviously. Yes. Uh, that would, would you be, be looking then for a decline below the March lows as a key? Yes. If they break below the March lows, then these patterns are confirmed. If they hold above, then a less, uh, a more benign uh, bear market will be unfolding, which we've identified as a large sideways triangle which mean the March lows are the bottom price-wise for the bear market, but this bear market will extend out another four to five years and just kind of go sideways. Uh, but the down moves within this triangle could be severe uh, coming about every other year. Uh, they would be three to 4,000-point drops uh, until eventually ends uh, back and forth uh, around 2012. Now, that would be your best-case scenario, as I understand it. Is that right? That is the best-case scenario that this thing goes sideways, yes. And then we would bounce around perhaps close to the highs and the lows, the March lows be in that channel over the next, over the next what, three, four, five years or what? Yeah, if you were to just picture a, a triangle that's sideways and mm-hmm. you connect the uh, top in October 07 and draw a, uh, a line diagonally about 45 degrees, and then the same thing, you start at the March 6th lows and draw a diagonal up about 45 degrees. That will give you your top and bottoms of uh, a sequence of about five major waves up and down uh, throughout 2012. And you can see that those size of those waves would be, we're talking 3,000-point moves in the industrials, 2,000-point moves until eventually at the nose of the triangle. We're still talking significant 1,500-point moves before it ends. 
Uh, well, that's that is the best case, and that doesn't sound like like a tremendously good case. It certainly doesn't reflect anything we're hearing in the ma- mainstream media these days, where they're telling us all that things are back on the mend. Yeah, they're very hopeful. Um, I just don't see that this bear market is over. Bear markets usually have uh, either three waves, uh, down, up, down sequence, or they have, like I just explained, a triangle of five waves. And that included the Great Depression of the 1930s, which what we've been going through is very similar to. And back then there was a uh, middle wave, which was a bounce that got everybody excited the worst was over. And just the opposite, the worst was yet to come. And uh, we're watching, there's, a, there's definitely a parallel with the, the 30s, the pattern then, except this is a larger pattern. This is a larger uh, move uh, according to the Elliott Wave count. Uh, this is a worse bear market. And so uh, we have to be very cautious as, uh, as prices approach um, levels that we're not too far from, uh, let's say, over the next 1,000 points uh, up, uh, if we even get that. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be prepared for a, a very sharp decline. So you're seeing this as, as a bigger bear market potentially than what we saw in the 1930s. Is that why you're talking about at least at least several uh, issues ago, several months ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, I remember you talking about a cataclysmic nation-changing event that could correct the bull market that started in 1718. So you're seeing a, a, a magnitude worse than, than we saw in the 30s. Is that that's what you're referring to, that sort of a major, um, a major historical event? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we've already started to see the nation-changing uh, aspects of this bear market, and what we're seeing is a, a change from capitalism towards move towards socialism. Uh, the government owns uh, the, one of the largest uh, auto, in- auto companies in America. It owns the largest insurance company in America. Um, we're talking about nationalizing health care, where they would dictate, um, you know, what vaccinations you have to have. Uh, you're going to have to have um, the government's policy. You can't have an independent policy. I mean, that's, nothing's been decided yet, but the point is the government is starting to take stronger and stronger control of what traditionally was private uh, business. And if we have another leg lower, uh, then their involvement is not going to become less. It's going to become even more. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a hard time uh, recognizing capitalism uh, from, you know, in the future from what we were used to in the past. Well, it seems to me we've got bigger issues here even than monetary. We're talking freedom and the ability for people to think and act and do what's in their own best interest, or as they see it, at least. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be part of it. Uh, if the government takes full control of the of events that are changing because, uh, you know, the markets have fallen, the economy's in bad shape, people tend to want to look to government uh, mm. for solutions. And, uh, you know, there's no telling uh, what civil rights will be lost. Uh, the right to, for free speech will be at risk. Um, the, the right to uh, choose... Uh, what what you want to do <clears throat> with your own life, like uh, you know, how you want to have your health care uh, handled, um, you know, what kind of car you want to drive. Mm. Um, they're going to decide a lot of things for you, and uh, it's, it's, uh, there's going to be shortages of supplies. Um, when you move from capitalism to, to socialism, you end up with a shortage of supplies, and we're seeing that now in auto dealerships. Um, if you go out and shop for a car, especially the larger models, you can't find them. 
Well, Robert, you talked about this is uh, it looks it looks as though this is a three wave pattern. Is that what you're seeing now? That's the most likely. And, and let me just ask you of those two scenarios, you know, this really cataclysmic wave C down or the five wave sideways market uh, sideways triangle situation. What is the probability in your mind? Which do you think is most likely? And could you sort of subjectively assign a probability to either to those two events? That's a tough call at this point uh, because none of the ca- uh, major head and shoulders patterns that are roughly 10 years old, these patterns and started forming back in the late 90s, none of them have been what I call confirmed, meaning that they've dropped below what we call a neckline, which in our case would be the March 6th lows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until the March 6th lows are broken, those patterns are not confirmed. And so um, we can't say with certainty the high, there's a high probability that they'll complete. But on the other hand, if you look at these patterns, they look about 85% to 90% complete now. All we need is a down leg of a couple thousand, 3,000 points. Mm-hmm. We're going to have confirmation. And you say 3,000 point drop from here, that, that would be a pretty bad drop. But the problem is if you get that, these darn things are going to be confirmed, which means the probability goes way up that we're going another five or 6,000 points on the Dow lower or towards zero. So at this point, um, I don't know how to assign probabilities. I'd say maybe 50-50 mm-hmm. um, for the triangle and versus the cataclysmic uh, zigzag pattern where we head towards zero. Um, once we get confirmation of these patterns, which would require about a 3,000-point drop from here to below the March 6 lows, mm-hmm. uh, then you're talking the odds of hitting the cataclysm down towards zero rise probably to 75-80%. Well, so we can still be hopeful. We can hope and pray that we're not going to see the worst of these events take place. I mean, there's a realistic possibility that that this sort of dire uh, consequence, dire outcome is not going to take place. I'd say there's a 50% chance that we'll see a triangle, but that would mm-hmm. require enormous amount of uh, monetary stimulation in the economy to keep us from dropping into the uh, uh, below the March 6 lows. And even if that happens, what we're saying here, what we're seeing in the patterns, is that this there's going to be enormous, large volatility back and forth, up and down over the next four to six years, mm-hmm. where you'll see 3,000, 2,000, 1,500-point swings uh, each year mm-hmm. uh, for the next four to six years, uh, up and down. As we have seen, you know, this year we've seen a 3,000-point rise in the Dow. Um, then, you know, coming would be a 2,500-point drop and then, or even more, and then you'd see a 1,500-point or 2,000-point rise and then a 1,500-point drop the following years. It's still major moves, a lot of volatility, not a lot being accomplished for your uh, wealth management uh, as far as, you know, you, you put your money in your 401K and forget about it. Uh, that's not going to do very well in this type of environment. Is there any doubt in your mind, though, that, that they won't continue to stimulate, they won't continue this massive monetary or even monetization of the U.S. debt now with the Chinese pulling away and so forth. And then what might that mean for inflation? Do you see an inflationary problem down the road? Well, I see there's a massive amount of dollars that are are going to be printed and injected into the economy uh, for a long time. For example, the Fed has already uh, printed 
$1.7 trillion and use that money to buy U.S. Treasuries just this year. Hmm. And, you know, you're talking $1.7 trillion, you're talking like uh, 15% of GDP or something like that. Yeah. And um, and that was just done to keep interest rates low and to find a buyer for our, our own government debt uh, that was issued. Um, that, that tendency is going to have to continue. Uh, they have to keep long-term interest rates low. So that term is really called monetizing debt. Right. We're basically replacing government debt with printed paper, mm-hmm. and that's going to have an awful effect on inflation and the dollar eventually. And uh, that's that's going to burden uh, the economy and the American household for years and years to come. Do you see? Uh, I mean, clearly there's there's this enormous indebtedness. Do you think there's more of a problem, more of an outcome, an inflationary outcome, or a deflationary outcome with the markets in such bad shape as they're still in? If we get this, if we get this major cataclysmic event, this sea wave down, which way does it go? Do we do we get hyperinflation or a deflationary depression as we had in the 30s, but worse? Well, we're going to see uh, a lot of uh, markets experience deflation. Of course, the stock markets, by virtue of them dropping, that's deflation. Uh, you're going to see uh, probably the prices of a lot of items uh, drop uh, because there's just no demand. Mm-hmm. However, um, you're going to see uh, monetary inflation because there's so many dollars uh, being injected into various uh, econ- market econ- markets in the economy that you've got to think that the precious metals uh, will, and the oil, uh, price of oil um, commodities, will, uh, certain commodities will, gr- will go up in value quite a bit. Right. We had Dr. Uh, we had uh, John Williams, an economist, on our show. And I know he, his concern is for hyperinflation. His, his view is not we're not going to get inflation because the economy's strong. Quite the contrary, we're going to get inflation because the dollar turns, you know, becomes worthless internationally. So that oil will be priced, you know, if it's to the extent it's priced in dollars, it, in dollar terms at least, it's going to cost an enormous amount of money for Americans. So we're sort of basic things. And you're, you're referring to gold too. You see gold. You're very very bullish on gold. Yeah, there's. Um a pattern in gold that's just the opposite of what we just described in uh, in the stock market. A uh, mm-hmm. very bullish uh, head and shoulders pattern in gold, and uh, that has an upside target of 1,325. Mm-hmm. And that pattern is complete and confirmed. So, so the it probability is of going that high in gold over the next couple of years, maybe maybe a year, maybe two. Maybe 18 months uh, is about 75, 80 percent. We also have so another you, pattern in gold that says the same thing, and it's a different pattern. It's completely independent of that pattern. That was a bullish head and shoulders reverse pattern. There's a pennant flag pattern in gold, uh, which also has an upside target of very close to that 1325. And that you could see in the next 18 months to two years or so. Yes. What uh, what might uh, what might give us a clue? Then we mentioned the the breaking of the March lows. Are there some other keys that you're looking for to determine whether or not uh, which of these two outcomes we're going to be heading into? Is there something you're watching to confirm that the B wave up, which we are now enjoying right now with higher equity market prices? And I might remind our listeners that you suggested the last time we talked, and you're suggesting on an ongoing basis that. 
that investors view this as a gift that they take advantage of this rise in the equity markets to get to you know to raise cash and get out of debt and i can tell you dr McHugh, that this is exactly what we've been telling our subscribers in no small part because of your advice we do believe uh, so what are you looking for that what what might tip us off that we are heading into the C wave down or that the B wave up is over with? Well, um, there's a lot of different things we look at, uh, a lot of different indicators, a lot of different, uh, uh, some of them are proprietary. We uh, have purchasing power and stochastic indicators that we follow that um, we would want to see all those go to sell signals. We would also want to see uh, an indicator called the uh, full stochastics on a monthly basis and on a weekly basis and on a daily basis all go to sell signals. Uh, right now the monthly is still on a buy, but the weekly and dailies are close to turning on to sells. And then the biggest thing I would like to see if it happens that would really signal clearly that C-Down is just about starving or, or has started is what we call a Hindenburg omen, which we covered with our subscribers in detail. And um, <clears throat> what it basically is is a series of three or four different events that happen simultaneously and if they do and it has to do with new highs and new lows in the uh, New York Stock Exchange and uh, what you want to see is is a, a Hindenburg omen confirmed Hindenburg omen uh, kick kick in, kick in and then we could be pretty certain see down has started there hasn't really been a significant decline in market in the stock market over the last 25 years without a Hindenburg omen. We do mm. not have one yet, but we are starting to see signs of a setup for one. And uh, these things can happen after a decline starts within a month or so of one, or it can start a month before a decline starts or a couple months before. But they're pretty good. When we get these Hindenburg omens, you generally see a pretty substantial decline. And so uh, that would be a key one we want to watch for. That would be a time you'd want to make sure you're out of the market, then perhaps even short the market? Here's the problem with shorting. Um, if the kind of decline we're expecting occurs, you can short early in it because mm -hmm. there'll be a counterparty that can pay you. Mm -hmm. But if this decline is, ends up being what we fear could happen, if the worst-case scenario occurs where um, we drop, below the March 6 lows, then you have serious counterparty risk on your, on your shorting strategies mm -hmm. where the, the party that's supposed to pay you on the opposite side has gone out of business or, oh. or can't pay you as bankrupt because the whole economy, the financial system is collapsing. So you could end up having a good trade theoretically, but in all practical purposes you're not going to get paid off. Wow. Shorting earlier in the trade, in the, in, the, in, the, in the decline, probably would be fine. But but once I got an, an early profit, once we got below the March 6 lows, I'd be really concerned about whether you'll even get paid back or not. Robert, let me ask you, last fall, did you have a Hindenburg omen before the before the A wave down? Yes, we did. I, you did. Okay, because you said uh, we had no major declines without a Hindenburg. So yeah. I guess that's really what, what your subscribers and what my listeners should be subscribing to you to find out about. Yeah, in fact, this weekend's newsletter, I'm going to – talk a lot about uh, the Hindenburg element and what to look for, because um, what you really want to see is you want to see, uh, you know, want to see the new highs and the new, o new lows uh, simultaneously both be roughly above 2% of uh, 
total issues traded on, an, on the New York Stock Exchange a couple of days, you know, a couple of more than one day over a short period of time. And uh, for a long time, we haven't had the new highs for that to happen. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've been uh, new highs were absent. Well, we now have a lot of new highs, hmm. and we can easily uh, come up with that two percent of uh, total issues traded in new highs. Uh, every day we're seeing that now. What's missing at this point is for the new lows to catch up to that 2% barrier uh, with the new highs. And, and uh, usually what happens when these Hindenburgs kick in is what we're seeing. The new highs come up first, and then, and then as the prices of the market kind of turns down, uh, or just before it turns down, you start seeing new lows, uh, new 52-week lows kick in uh, on, a, on over 2% of the New York Stock Exchange uh, issues traded. And, when, and that's usually when you get your sign. So we're now, I'd say, you know, starting to see the setup, and uh, it worries me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if, if shorting isn't the right way to go, then what should people be doing now? I mean, I, I know you say get out of stocks. Okay, we'll get out of stocks and buy gold. Is there anything else? Well, I, I think cash is important because, you know, the, the unit of exchange in America is, is the dollar. Mm -hmm. And gold is great, but... To go to the to market and buy milk, you're going to have to have dollars. So you're going to need to have sufficient amount of currency, um, you know, in a safe place, FDIC-insured uh, deposit, uh, wherever, you know, some type of a U.S. Treasury bill fund or something, uh, where you can access liquidity quickly to pay your bills and to uh, to do that kind of thing. Um, it's, a, it's a good idea to get out of as much debt as possible. However, um, you want to make sure you have enough cash reserves because what's going to happen as this thing unfolds is, is credit is going to dry up dramatically, mm -hmm. uh, as we saw in the last uh, decline, and it still really hasn't come back much. Um, and you're going to get squeezed if you gave up all your cash, and we're hoping you could borrow back on a line of credit with a credit card or with a bank or something. Uh, they're going to cut those lines back on everybody. As they're continuing to cut the lines back, I'm reading, and, and uh, consumer credit is collapsing. Absolutely. And so what I'm saying is make sure you have to hold on to some cash. Make sure you have plenty of money in the bank yeah. uh, to buy some things, even large ticket items you're going to need, because you may not be able to go borrow money to go get a new washer or a new car or whatever. Um, so building cash balances is a very, very important strategy uh, preparing for this calamity, as well as uh, getting down, you know, getting rid of the high credit, high interest rate credit cards and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Gold, where do you think, you mentioned $1,300, $1,325, I think, or $1,335. Where do you think it can go ultimately, the price of gold? Yeah, that's a great question, and it really all depends upon how much, how many dollars they, they print. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. no doubt what will happen is when uh, if the worst-case scenario occurs, they're going to do what they've been doing uh, since last uh, October. They're going okay. to uh, plow. They're just going to print and print and push, print and push cash, and they're going to push it into the economy in areas that probably won't do us any good. But they're going to devalue the dollar. So gold uh, that will push the value of gold possibly even higher than thirteen, forty, twenty-five, or forty-five. Um, so that's a real concern uh, if that happens. Well, I thank you, uh, Dr. McHugh. We're just just about out of time here. Um, 
I thank you very much for sharing your your wisdom, your time with us. I know your time is probably extremely valuable these days, and I want to tell our our listeners that they should definitely definitely pay attention to what Dr. McHugh is talking about. I read Dr. McHugh's misses every day. He puts something out, a lot of very valuable information, so you can keep your finger on the pulse of the market. Dr. McHugh, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about your work? Thank you, Jay. Yeah, it's at www.technicalindicatorindex.com. Um, we published uh, daily evening uh, market newsletters and expanded report on the weekends, and about three times a week we do a midday market update. I know you do a midday market update, and I, I, I look at them faithfully every day. They're very, very valuable for me. I, I mean, I'm trying to avoid what happened to my portfolio last fall, and that's when I started really following you very, very closely because uh, I need your help, and I know our listeners and my subscribers do as well. Uh, Robert, before we leave, I'd like to also just mention that you uh, very often share scripture verses, verses from the Bible. And what do you say to people that tell you that maybe there's no place in the financial world for that sort of thing? Well, I think it's been really clear to me the way you look at the, how the markets move, and, and I've known this for a while, that uh, God is definitely... Uh, involved in in all of what mankind does Hmm. Um, jesus christ was messiah Um, over 400 old testament prophecies uh, were fulfilled in the life of jesus christ and that um, you know you can have hope uh, because he paid the penalty for our sins for us and all we he asked he only asked one thing of men and that's that they believe in him it's something Hmm. cheap and simple and easy each of us could do and if we do that he gives us uh power he gives us the presence of his holy spirit we have a walk with him and it gives us hope for every day and meaning and purpose because his plan for our life uh, starts to happen in our lives not our plan and it's a much better plan and we have hope for eternal life we're guaranteed eternal life because jesus paid the penalty for our mistakes and our sins we're not perfect people but we become justified people and saved people and it's jesus who who gives us uh, a free gift of eternal life. And so well, thank you, Robert, for, for sharing your uh, your faith with us. I, I think it's something that uh, probably more and more people will come to appreciate uh, if the sort of uh, cataclysmic uh, future you see unfolds. And, of course, it I believe, uh, as I know you do, that it's in God's hands, really. And uh, that's why we can hope and pray that we don't face the kind of cataclysmic decline that you're talking about. But at the same time, it's it's very important, I think, for us to recognize the potential for those those sorts of things to happen. It's just as if you had sort of uh, you know some sort of serious disease. It might be better to know about it so you can make things right and you can you know uh, prepare for the future as best you can. So I thank you again for sharing all of your wisdom, your uh, your faith as well, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime. And certainly, I will be passing along. Uh, in general, your views to our listeners on an ongoing basis. Thanks again, Dr. McHugh, for, for being with us this week. Thank you, Folks, Jay. don't go away. We're going to come right back and just uh, after the commercial break uh, with a wrap-up with, uh, with Roger Wiegan and Chen Lin and myself, and we'll uh, sort of summarize and talk about what Dr. McHugh just had to say. So don't go away. We'll be right back. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. As regular listeners to this show know, I am very bullish on gold, and especially gold mining stocks. One of my favorite gold mining companies is Metanor Resources, traded Toronto and the Pink Sheets. This is a new gold producer. It is using cash flows from its Berry Mine in Quebec to finance growth of that mine and to put the world-famous Quebec Bachelor Lake Mine back into production. This stock has been recommended by my newsletter because I do believe it holds extraordinary upside price potential with relatively low levels of risk. Visit Metanor's website at metanor.ca or subscribe to my newsletter for more information. For asset security in uncertain times, gold has always been the investment of choice. One of the best ways to profit from gold investing is to buy shares in companies that are exploring and developing gold deposits. Coral Gold is a gold exploration and development company with over 2.3 million drill-indicated ounces of gold. Coral Gold's low market cap allows investors to participate with leverage in a rising gold market. Coral Gold has a long track record of success in Nevada, dating back over 25 years. Visit Coral Gold on the web today at CoralGold.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, Taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I had mentioned that Roger Wiegand uh, is actually traveling to the Silver Summit, and we did a pre-record of, of Dr. McHugh, and I mentioned that Roger would be with us well. Uh, as I said in the first segment, Roger is on his way to the Silver Summit and is not available, but Chen Lin is with us. Thank goodness for that. And uh, I'm talking to Chen. Again, I'm talking to you and to Chen from Keshkais, Portugal. And uh, so, Chen, um, you there? Yes. Hi, James. Great. Great to, great to hear from you again. And uh, 
Yeah, so you heard what Dr. McHugh was saying. I think you listened in. You said you had been listening to the show. What uh, do, you, do you see the potential for this sort of cataclysmic decline that Dr. McHugh is, is warning us about, you know, very humbly warning us about, I, I would say. I mean, he's, he's not an arrogant fellow who's saying, uh, you know, I am God, I know what I'm talking about, and you better listen to me. He's saying, you know, there's a probability, and he assigns a 50-50 chance of what I would sort of term a sideways market similar to what I experienced as an old guy during the 1970s, a sideways, terrible bear market, essentially. It was not a good time, but it wasn't cataclysmic. And so McHugh sees a 50% chance of something like that happen, at least in the American markets, and uh, or a 50% chance of something much worse than the 1930s even. What? Now, you have a lot of input from China. You have a lot of friends there, family there, people that you know. Um, and China, you know, as Ian Gordon will tell us next week, I think, uh, Ian Gordon is a student of history, and he sees this major change, global geopolitical changes taking place now, and China emerging in the Far East, and Asia emerging, and the West in decline. Uh, well, what do you think about this? In terms of a glo- the global picture, Chen, do you see, what do you, do you see the chances, or what do you think are the chances of something very bad happening like McHugh is talking about, or, or what, what is your, Outlook at this point in time. Yeah, hi Jay. Um, what what I'm looking at, it's possible. What Dr. McHugh said, uh, it's every investor should guard against it, should have an eye open for that. Uh, so the uh, I see it could happen, but again, you know, I, I'm looking. I'm a trader, so looking at the, the, the point of view, if I can be three or six months ahead of that, uh, I think I'm okay. Uh, I just I'm just looking at this kind of. Uh, uh, event needs some catalyst. So I'm, uh, last year was Lehman Brothers. So I'm looking at what kind of catalyst it could, uh, could lead to this kind of collapse. Uh, one potential could be collapse of dollar, US dollar. Okay. Sure. That's one possibility. That's, uh, would be like a nine, 1987. Uh, 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 then we, everything crashed, but gold will do very well. And also, I'll also look at the 1930s, uh, actually gold also did very well in the second crash. So what I'm looking at, I'm trying to stay away from general market, and I'm aggressively actually buying gold and accumulating gold. Uh, I own gold stocks, uh, gold options, and also own uh, the double ETF, uh, Horizon Gold Up. It's a pretty aggressive uh, position. <laughs> Some people may say I'm crazy, and, uh, you know, I, but I think I feel uh, gold have a very good chance to break out. Uh, even you know we have this uh, uh, major event happening. I actually cannot. Unfortunately, it is maybe positive for gold. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. Well, certainly, uh, you know, looking at it from a technical point of view, Doctor McHugh talked about the Hindenburg Omen as something that he's watching for, and he pointed out that. All the major market declines have occurred as a result of a Hindenburg omen, and you know that has to do with a, a large number of new highs and new lows happening simultaneously on the New York Stock Exchange. So that's a technical uh, thing that we'll be looking at. But underneath and beyond that, um, perhaps that would trigger the Hindenburg would be something like you're talking about, these, these fundamental issues of a declining dollar or some geopolitical event, perhaps. Yeah, something, right, so even some geopolitical political event that we're not foreseeing. So as be something has to happen, right? uh, you know, uh, then there will be a major, major thing. Right? So, sure. uh, so, 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 so that those things, uh, I think, well, we, uh, investing uh, in gold, I feel it's kind of prudent. 
uh, especially I feel pretty comfortable that Dr. McHugh was saying we have, you know, they have all the technical indicators pointing to 70, 80% chance of gold to go to a 1300. Uh, sure. I, feel, I feel pretty good about that. I, I wrote a, a letter uh, yesterday basically just describing what I've seen from China from um, uh, so far. Okay, uh, after uh, gold crossed uh, $1,000 recently, the buying interest from Chinese, ordinary Chinese citizens, has increased dramatically. Uh, yeah. I've seen the uh, gold, uh, you know, China type of national day next week, and then the, the gold gold coin already doubled its price. It's like is that right? Yeah, people are bidding. Yeah, bidding on those. So uh, is, that, is that coin substantially above the intrinsic value of gold there, Chen? Yeah, it's about, you know, 100% premium right now. It's, wow. it's still going higher. It's, it's like, and then this generates a lot of news. And the gold shops, uh, I've seen some gold shops, they, 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 their sales increased by 30%. Some just came out last night, they, they increased by 200%. But, but the bottom line is that there's a tremendous interest uh, from owning gold among the Chinese citizens. And their purchasing power is huge, huge. I mean, there's uh, about 25 trillion to 40 trillion dollar uh, is their, you know, their bank deposit in the government bond. That's estimated. So those money, and those are highly liquid because they can go to the bank, withdraw the money, and buy whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the trillion is in Chinese yuan, okay? And the commercial dollar is about 4 to 5 trillion U.S. dollar. So I calculate if they put, you know, 20% into gold, and then gold will go, go through the roof. Uh, part yeah. of because uh, the Chinese will demand uh, physical gold. Uh, you know, uh, all these uh, China shops, you, you can see even, you can see on some, uh, you know, um, YouTube, and they're buying, actually all buying physical gold. So there's so little physical gold to ship around. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if they really start putting money into gold, uh, the series, we have a series breakout of gold pricing, it will go through the roof. So well, that I'm would not certainly... sure it will happen, okay, but I think there's a decent chance it will happen. Okay. Well, it's okay. certainly, Chan, I just, you know, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me now, but when we look at the markets for gold, the, the total gold, uh, total value of gold in the world is minuscule compared to the trillions of dollars you're talking about in China, let alone uh, the rest Actually, of the world. I, yeah, so, I check, it's about $4 billion uh, ounce. Total gold production throughout history. I mean, you can see all these, uh, I did some check. I mean, uh-huh. some gold may be lost, some, some may be in somewhere, you know, but they, Really, floating is about five to ten percent of that. So you are talking about the total market float market is about half a trillion, something like that. Yeah, and that's minuscule compared to the total amount of potential demand out there. So you, it really is exciting. So you had mentioned that you think a lot of analysts are not getting it right with respect to China. What do you think they're getting wrong? Well, they are. What they do is they're just trying to look for any news. You know, just trying to look for the news. Uh, just to fit their point of view. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people have solid understanding of the Chinese culture and then Chinese people's point of view for yeah. gold and silver. Okay, just right. very short period because we know we have very short time here. Uh, yeah. So China just Chinese people just start legalize gold, own gold, just a few years ago. Yes. Okay. And then during a period, gold has been a bull market. So yeah. nobody in China remember all the 70, 80, 90s, you know, gold bear market boom. Yeah. Us. They don't know. All they know is, oh, we can start buying gold in the past few years, and gold has been steady going up every year. 
Okay, Ken, we're out of time. Unfortunately, that music tells me that. And I just want to let everybody know that they can learn more about Chen's work. They can call Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426 for a special trial offer for Chen Lin, also Roger Wiegand, as well as my own newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. I want to thank each of you for listening again this week. We want to remind you that next week we have another very interesting guest. Ian Gordon will be here with us as our special guest. He'll be talking about the Kondratiev winter. Ian is an avowed deflationist. He thinks there's no way out of the deflation. He thinks it doesn't matter how much money is printed, we're going to have a deflationary depression uh, worse than the 1930s. So that's controversial enough. You're going to want to listen to what Ian has to say. Very soundly based on history, I would add. Uh, he may or may not be right, but we're going to listen to what he has to say. Before closing, I want to thank my uh, executive producer. That's Casey, Casey Trump for her excellent work. Uh, Ruben Colombe, the operations manager, and Travis Ortwin, my engineer. Uh, these people make this show physically possible for happening, and I want to thank you again for listening into this show. And until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.